0: This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years, and the only broker you need. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen for today's program.
1: Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen from Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and uh, we're certainly glad you can join us today. And if you're a first-time listener, you'll want to know that we cover a wide variety of topics in the structured settlement industry and the legal community, issues important to trial attorneys, defense attorneys, and claim professionals, as well as other people in the settlement industry. And you can find all the Ringler Radio Shows on our website at ringlerassociates.com or on the thelegaltalknetwork.com. Well, by now most of you know that structured settlements provide claimants with a steady source of uh, income over time, with a tax-free benefit, which is a real uh, key benefit for a structured settlement. But did you know that an attorney, a plaintiff attorney, can also structure his or her fees as well? Uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about that today. In fact, that's the basis of our top of our discussion today, uh, and we have two great folks on the show here to talk about it. First, I want to introduce. Uh, Attorney William McLaughlin, who joins us today from uh, Long Island, New York, where he practices law. Uh, Being a lawyer, of course, is uh, Bill's second career, because uh, I don't know, some of you may know this, Bill's also a retired New York City firefighter, and actually, uh, prior to retirement from the uh, fire department there, he went to law school, and uh, so now he's a lawyer and a fireman, and that sounds pretty good, Bill. Why don't you uh, give us a little insight into that, and welcome to Ringler Radio.
2: Thank you, Larry.
1: How did that Um, all happen?
2: Well, basically uh I think a lot of people know that firemen all have most of them have second jobs, mm-hmm. especially in their younger years when you're raising children and you're trying to make ends meet and uh I was gonna continue to do some roofing and start a roofing business, and my wife said, would not you rather be sitting in an office when you're forty five years old than climbing on people's roofs <laughs> so uh she convinced me to go to law school rather than uh have a construction company and you know, thank God for her advice. I'm sitting behind a nice, warm desk now, and I'm not up on anybody's roof.
1: Uh, that's that's a good uh, reason we should all listen to our wives, I guess, huh? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, listen. Also joining us today is uh, Kevin Silo. Kevin is the senior structured settlement consultant and director of sales for the Midwest for the Hartford Life Insurance Company. They're, of course, they're one of the most uh, respected and the largest annuity providers in the settlement industry, and. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us today, and I know you're down there in uh, in the Hartford area.
3: Oh, thank you, Larry. Pleasure to be on board.
1: Well, Kevin, let's start with some basic facts about structuring attorney fees. Uh, what kind of cases are we talking about here that an attorney could structure his fees uh, in? Are there any case types of cases that are more amenable for an attorney to structure fees than others?
3: Yes, what we're talking about here is... Um, Uh, Everybody knows the benefits of providing a periodic payment settlement to a a person that's been injured in a uh, physical injury settlement, a physical sickness case, and a wrongful death case, and how those periodic payments, you know, provide ongoing um, money to pay expenses and cover the needs of the injured party. What we're talking about is applying that same concept to an attorney who handles the physical injury and physical sickness cases. Uh, So those are the type of cases we're specifically talking about with structuring attorney fees.
1: Okay. Well, Bill... You've structured uh, some uh, some of your attorney fees, and uh, I know there are quite a few different cases you might have done that on, but why don't you give us, uh, give us a real-life example. You, you don't have to mention the client's name, uh, but give, give us an example of the type of case where you actually did it.
2: Well, I recently structured a fee, po- a portion of a fee, uh, and that's another interesting part. You don't have to do your whole fee. You can structure a portion of it, mm-hmm. and I recently had a uh, substantial fee where uh, I structured um, $800,000. And the reason I did it is twofold. Basically, I wanted to ensure a steady income stream when I'm ready to retire. And the other thing is, I haven't had good luck investing in financial instruments.
1: Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) I've
2: done all right in real estate, but... For whatever reason, I've been somewhat unlucky when I give my money to other people to invest. And uh, as a result, I said to myself, you know, let's have a steady income stream, which is going to start when I'm 58 years old, and it's going to pay me uh, $6,400 a month or thereabouts, and it's guaranteed for 15 years or to the rest of my life. Uh, I also have, you know, other um, investment uh, payments that will be coming in. So this way my wife is sort of guaranteed to be able to lead a good lifestyle. And uh, I'll be able to slow down and know I still have income coming in.
1: Well, uh, exactly. And it also sounds like your wife had some additional influence there on you. That's that's a good thing. You're, uh, you're listening to your wife a lot, I see there.
2: Well, I'm trying to... Set it up so that both of us can enjoy our retirement with our grandchildren without getting too old and having to keep working.
1: Well, I think Kevin and I should take a lesson from you there. Well, Kevin, when an attorney's fee is structured, uh, tell me about the way it can be done. I mean, can there be varying terms and length of time? Uh, what are some of the limitations or, or lack of limitation as to the the way they can be set up?
3: Yeah, no, the beauty of the structure is that because it's funded with an annuity contract, uh, the payment options are very flexible, and Bill just touched on a couple of things that we can do with annuities uh, to fund the structured settlements. Uh, number one, the length of time that the payments can be made can be for a lifetime or it can be for a specific period of time, let's say 10 years or just 15 years, or we can pay for life. And then just like Bill mentioned also having a spouse, we can sell annuities to fund uh, a joint survivor benefit, meaning we can pay both the husband and the wife over both of their lifetimes. The flexibility includes being able to designate and change beneficiary, beneficiaries on the contracts. And also, as Bill mentioned, you have the ability to choose to structure your total fee or a portion of that fee. Mm-hmm. So it can, it's a great tool to use in the financial planning picture.
1: And I think one of the other things Bill mentioned was uh, that he, he deferred the fee for a period of years before it began. So I think that's a, a real good planning tool as, as people are looking for the retirement or, or other portions of their life in the future. They can do that. That's a big plus. Well, I want to make a key point here because uh, we haven't yet touched on it, but this is one of the, one of the real linchpins of this whole uh, attorney fee structuring scenario. And that is that unlike when you structure the plaintiff's uh, claim and the plaintiff's settlement amount, when you structure an attorney's fee, it's not a tax-free payment to the, to the attorney. It's a tax-deferred payment. And that's the big difference between how we structure claimant's uh, settlement amounts and attorney fees. So let's talk a little bit about that difference of tax-free versus tax-deferred for the lawyer, uh, Kevin. Why don't you give us a little bit of insight?
3: Yeah, let me jump in here. Um, you know, of course, you know every structured settlement is different, mm-hmm. and an attorney should consult his own advisors. That being said, uh, generally speaking, the attorney doesn't take constructive receipt of the funds at the time of settlement. So this is what enables him to defer that taxation and the recognition of that income until a date sometime in the future. And um, what we follow that sets the precedent or the standard for that is a case called Childs versus Commissioner. Mm -hmm. And this is where the attorney fees uh, resulting from a physical injury case can be paid through periodic payments, and the court held uh, two things. Number one, that the um, payments under the structured settlement were not funded or secured at that time of settlement, so therefore the attorney didn't have to recognize the income in that year and then, secondly, the doctrine of constructive receipt was held to be not applicable because the attorney had no right to receive his fees before the time that that agreement was established, and he won't get those fees or have access to them until they're paid and made good on in the release and settlement agreement. So, the child's case is really the standard um, that we all look to that allows the deferral of taxation on the income for fees mm-hmm. for structured settlement services. Exactly.
1: Well, Bill, what what? Uh impact did the fact that you could defer taxation on, on the fee uh, have in your decision to do this?
2: Well, it has a tremendous impact because mm-hmm. any fee I would receive in this year or the last few years would have been paid at the maximum federal tax rate. Because my practice is such that I have enough income from you know my day-to-day uh, receipts that this uh, personal injury, uh, you know, windfall, so to speak, would be taxed, you know, at 45% or whatever the maximum rate is. So by deferring it uh, and hopefully collecting it when I'm not working uh, every day and every night like I am now, Mm -hmm. uh, my income will be significantly lower, and I'll be paying in a lower tax bracket. And I'll be spreading it out over a number of years. If I was to take that $800,000 that I deferred a couple of months ago as income this year, I would, by the time I paid state tax and federal tax on it, I'd be giving half of it away. Then my investment uh, would be 400000 and I'd only be making money on 400000 This way, who's ever investing the money uh, is making it on the 800000 so, you know, that's why I think in the long run, it's going to pay off for me.
1: Well, exactly. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, you'd have, let's say, 400000 instead of 800000 to invest. And typically what I had found was most lawyers, when they took their fee as cash and ended up with, let's say, half to then invest, they usually just invested it in the same things they were currently invested in. So there was no real diversification, whereas the structured fee allows for a uh, a diversified approach to their own investment portfolio it's another thing they're investing in, and that's a good thing for them well kev what are the what are the benefits to an attorney to structure their fees uh as as let's let's say as it relates to let's say rate of return uh they are going to make some money on this too aren't they
3: sure sure the um the beauty is and we just touched upon those couple of those points too is that um you defer the taxation to a point of time in the future and you can predetermined payments across different taxable years and that allows you to possibly pay at a lower tax rate in the future but also you're still investing in a secure stable predictable investment which is the annuity contract Mm -hmm. so um, you'll get a competitive rate of return to similar like kind of investments however because there's the taxation is deferred and because there's no ongoing management fee or investment advisor fees you actually make out better and um... We had a case recently where we did some numbers for an attorney, and um, our structure was paying about 5.4% rate of return, Mm -hmm. and the attorney would have had to have gotten about 8.2% just to replicate what was being paid out in the structure. This was a case where we had a 45-year-old attorney who was taking payments in the future um, for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the difference there was about 2.8% in return. Now, every case is different, and every payout scenario will have a different r- rate of return connected to it, but that's just an example of the benefit of structuring the attorney fees.
0: Cool.
1: Well, let's also talk about another, I'll call it logistical issue. Uh, can uh, can an attorney structure their fees if the claimant doesn't structure their portion of the case? Kev, what's, uh, what's your thought on that?
3: Yes. The simple answer is yes. The um, The beauty and the flexibility of being able to take advantage of the structured settlement is that even at the time of settlement, if the client takes a cash settlement, the attorney can still structure a portion of his fees because it's all wrapped up in the same settlement. Mm -hmm. And the claimant in the case, um, through a release and settlement agreement, uh, and at their convenience, will give us permission to pay his attorney at some point in time in the future.
1: You know, Bill, I would assume since you're uh, you're high on... on structuring your own fees, that you're also uh, uh, encouraging your clients to take a structure on the, on the portion of their case that they settle. What, what's your experience as you, as you make, make well, that case to them?
2: a lot of it depends upon the sophistication and background of the client. Uh, several years ago, I had a case where I structured a portion of my settlement and uh, a small portion of the client's money. And the reason was that he was a little older than the average college student, but still in college. So we set up a small portion to pay him uh, for four years a monthly stipend, which would sort of help him get out of college. But the bulk of his settlement, he wanted to invest in mutual funds and a couple of other instruments. So... We gave him, he took the bulk of his settlement, knowing that he's going to get it all tax-free. And then whatever he invests, he could make substantial money on, but he wouldn't have a high income stream at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a good, you know, a good uh, avenue in that particular case. Now, I recently had a case where I had uh, three uh, children from a very uh... poor family they all got substantial settlements and there was absolutely no way you could uh... make this money available to them based upon their age and also based upon the background of the family so we structured uh... i would say maybe eighty five percent of the money and It'll, they'll lead a nice middle-class lifestyle for the rest of their lives and have a few bucks to invest in a house or mm-hmm. you know, a decent car, things like that. But uh, based upon the sophistication financially of the family, there was no way we could give them access to that money. It would be gone in a few
1: years. Well, that's a story we hear often uh, over and over again. One of the things that I have done in the past in cases that I've been involved in is where you have a situation where it is absolutely in the claimant's best interest to structure, but you know the attorney was con- contemplating taking the fee as cash. Oftentimes, I'll suggest to the attorney that if you defer your fee, in other words, wait for your fee, like your client is going to maybe wait for their money, it, it helps sell the concept of the structure to the client. That the client realizes that the attorney is also going to be, I'll use the term, waiting for the funds, his funds or her funds, just as the client is. And it kind of puts them in the same boat and helps sell the structure to the client.
2: I think that's true, and I think it also shows them that you have faith.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: In this investment.
1: Exactly. And that's, I think, uh, you know, a lot of attorneys out there who simply want their fee as cash, if they think about what we just talked about, it might help them sell it to a client who really should have the structured uh, approach. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about structuring attorney fees with our guests. Okay, we'll be right back.
0: This is Ringler Radio. Internet Radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 130,000 cases structured. This is Ringler Radio. Internet Radio from Ringler Associates. Placing more than $18 billion in structures over the past 30 years. And one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Ringler Radio is produced by broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. We invite you to listen to our other shows on the Legal Talk Network and become a member. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know Ringler Radio is one of the top three-rated shows in iTunes? Thanks to all of our listeners who download all the Ringler Radio shows. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the Life Markets. That issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, Liberty Life, American General, and Pacific Life and Annuity.
1: Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm glad you joined us. We're talking today about structuring attorney's fees with our guest attorney Bill McLaughlin from Long Island and uh, Kevin Silo from Hartford Life uh, down in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, Bill, let me ask you this question. Uh, Do you think lawyers generally are aware that their fees actually can be structured? Uh, Do you think there are a lot of lawyers out there that aren't aware of it?
2: Uh, I think sometimes lawyers may be under the uh, misapprehension that if the client doesn't structure, the lawyer can't structure. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what my belief was uh, before I had things explained to me by uh, my ringler man. Mm -hmm. But... uh, I'd also say this, that uh, it's much more difficult with a firm than it is with a solo practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, too. Uh, I haven't had any experience uh, trying to structure a fee with a firm. Mm-hmm. I've only done it as a solo practitioner. and Maybe uh, you guys have a little more experience, maybe, uh, that it is available from a firm
1: standpoint. Well, I think one of the one of the issues with firms is uh, if the fees coming in, it's going to be shared among several partners. Uh, there's no reason why one of the partners or, or any partner can't structure the portion of the fee that's going to be theirs. Uh, and Kevin, have what have you what have you found in the situations where there are firms involved versus individuals?
3: Yeah, we found it's probably fifty fifty. Uh, firms do structure their fees, and what we do look for is the the individual attorney, and/or if there was more than one attorney on a particular case, we do need to have those attorneys kind of named on the annuity contract, mm-hmm. so at least we know you know who worked the case and who didn't. But we have no problem uh, making a, the payee to the firm and or uh, beneficiary designations and stuff like that.
1: Well, that leads us to the point that I wanted to get into now, and it's, it's more the logistics of how this gets done. Uh, I don't want any lawyer out there to think this is a very complicated process, because it's not. Bill, what have you found in terms of what it takes to do this?
2: It's great. They send you a few documents. You sign them, have your secretary notarize
1: them, send them back. (laughs) All right, Kevin, let's talk about those documents. What what typically, let's say, would Hartford Life uh, require uh, if they're going to do a structured uh, attorney fee?
3: Well, we require that the settlement agreement and the qualified assignment both contain the convenience language that gives us permission from the injured party to pay his counsel. And then, secondly, we require a Mm W-9 and then a hold harmless agreement. Um, And that's pretty much it. Those four documents... Uh, along with the annuity application, uh, get the contract issued.
1: That's pretty simple, and it's uh, it's very painless. And as as Bill mentioned, uh, you know, it, it it almost gets into a systematic process where uh, the papers just flow and things get signed and it gets done. Well, let's talk about uh, Bill. You you talked about retiring and and trying to push your money out for retirement. Uh, one of the things that we do in our office is when, it, when when an attorney starts to structure fees, we we set up a a program where we have little bar graphs showing in, in in different years going out how much money the the attorney is going to be receiving and then when he does the next fee we kind of feed that into the system so those bar graphs start to grow and it's really tremendous to see in the future where you know how much money is going to be coming off of that lawyer in the future and we can fill the gaps and he can piggyback onto those uh, those years by determining how he wants to defer it out to, to really make his uh, retirement a smooth approach, and, and that that would be you know for example if if that attorney did a, a structured fee through let's say my office, or if he did it through any office, he then calls us and we kind of fill it in and, and plug it into that process. How have you found uh, your retirement income growing over time with the structured fees you've done, Bill?
2: Well, my first structure, I didn't have it. Uh, I set it up so it would begin to pay me at sixty two. Mm-hmm. And more recently, I've set them up to start paying me at a younger age. And part of that was, I think, you know, a number of years ago when I did my first structure, I thought I'd be working full-time until I was 62. Since then, I've had a few grandchildren, and I'm at the point now where I sort of want to slow down. My (laughs) wife will be able to retire in uh, three years, and... I'd like to think about slowing down myself. You know, a law practice is something you can continue on a, you know, part-time basis as long as you have a full-time staff. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to it, and that's what I've done. I I have set up my structures so that, um, you know, based upon my outlook at the time. And I think that's another important flexibility
1: with them. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, another another thing that we've uh, talked to attorneys about is, Yes is the retirement side of their lives, but there's also the working side and by structuring fees and and doing this piggybacking as we talked about it allows them let's say at the beginning of every year to have a a nice stipend of dollars coming in to help take care of their office expenses for the year for example they can they can use these deferred fees to take care of ongoing uh, expenses of, of of doing their job which is another good good plus for that well let's talk about uh, one other issue that uh, is somewhat misunderstood, and that is most of these cases we're talking about are, phys- are physical injury cases, personal and physical injury cases where the, where the attorney is structuring portion of the fee. Kevin, what about cases that don't involve physical injury, uh, just the, the wide gamut of other cases that lawyers are involved in? Are lawyers able to structure fees that they receive in those types of cases?
3: Well, if it's not a physical injury case, it makes it a little bit more complicated because with the physical injury cases, we have the tax law and the tax codes on our side as far as that deferral. Mm -hmm. We have some case law backing that up. If the case is not physical injury, uh, we certainly still have annuity products that can be sold to accomplish the same things you and Bill were just speaking about, retirement income, overhead expenses, educational costs for children and grandchildren. Um, But those would be annuities that are sold on what's called a non-qualified basis, meaning Mm -hmm. they just do not qualify for preferential tax treatment. However, the annuity contract still provides the same guaranteed, predictable, stable stream of income and can be a great product uh, in any asset and uh, portfolio.
1: Right. It's almost a diversification investment for them anyway, even Absolutely. though it doesn't have some of these other benefits. Well, I know that the Hartford retained, uh, as all of these life companies did, uh, nationally known law firms to really go into this uh, issue, review the programs, review the attorney fee uh, dif- you know, tax deferral issue. What, uh, what has Hartford done in that regard?
3: Yeah, we get questions all the time about, you know, how can we structure the attorney fees? You know, under what guidance or authority can we accomplish this? And, uh, you know, obviously Hartford has attorneys and tax attorneys up here that have helped us develop our product and make sure it's in compliance with all the laws and codes as we know them and see them today. Uh, but to bring in kind of a objective outside party, uh, we did hire a firm, Scribner, Hall & Thompson, and they were able to prepare a legal memorandum for us that we provide to attorneys It's a pretty extensive document, 25-plus pages, and they provide a quite thorough analysis of the case law and Internal Revenue Code rulings that uh, involve and affect attorney fees and also how that affects uh, our program. And, um, you know, they've determined, and their conclusion is that uh, strong arguments can be made that would allow uh, the deferral of that taxation on attorney fees of the present value, mm-hmm. so uh, we feel very confident that our product is uh, stable. And then the the memorandum from Scribner Hall and Thompson certainly supports that.
1: Well, I think a lot of uh, a lot of life uh, companies did that, and uh, the consensus is that uh, we're all on pretty solid ground here. And I think it really benefits the uh, attorney community out there to be able to to defer their fees here. It's it's a tremendous plus for them. Bill, anything else? Any other area of uh, the structured fees that you want to add before we uh, kind of wrap it up?
2: No, I think you've hit on it. I'm just, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it made my retirement planning so much easier. Terrific. And, uh, you know, one thing I would point out is um, uh, the fact that it's going to, the payments for a certain guaranteed number of years will go to my wife. Mm -hmm. Made that easier also. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's something that all, especially the attorneys in the personal injury field and solo practitioners. I think it's something, you know, everybody
3: should consider. If I could add to that, Larry, I just wanted to say, uh, Bill makes a great point. You know, the attorney in private practice and or part of a small firm, they don't have the pleasure of working for a big company that has a 401k or a pension plan. So the structuring of fees is a perfect vehicle for helping to develop their own deferred compensation vehicle, if you will.
1: uh, Absolutely.
3: You know, the... 40- Forty to fifty-year-old attorney that wants to start slowing down and provide retirement income—it's a perfect vehicle for the brand new lawyer out of school. Twenty-five, thirty years old—they land their first big case. It might be a way to, you know, do a ten-year term certain annuity to provide some level income and some overhead as they go and find their next case.
1: Exactly. Uh, so there's
3: a lot of applications, and it, you know, it's just not for old attorneys or young attorneys. There's—it's really a financial planning tool that they can look at.
1: Well, I I hope we brought some insight into uh, the topic. Uh, For those lawyers out there who didn't even think about structuring their fees, I hope this has been enlightening. And the way I like to summarize uh, the whole area and when I speak to lawyers, it's really just a tremendous opportunity to receive income on a tax-deferred basis and set up the flow of that income uh, to really coincide with your own life goals, as Kevin just mentioned. And another thing I like to tell lawyers is, and and I really believe this, is that this is really not, when you structure your fees, it's really not a rate of return play. It's not that somehow this is a tremendous rate of return, although it is a very good rate of return. What it really is, is an ability to defer income to meet some uh, life goals. And it really also does something else. And it's kind of interesting. It prevents the dissipation of the fee because like, like the claimant, like we all are, we tend to spend money that's in our hands quicker than we think we will. So it helps in the in the investment arena as well. And it becomes a diversification piece uh, in any portfolio of any lawyer. Uh, and then finally, of course, the, what Bill mentioned before when he said he had 800000 and if he had taken it cash, he would end up with 400000 When you structure your fee, you're really buying the annuity asset with the full amount of the fee, and that's a big, big, big benefit. So I hope everyone learned something today on uh, the structured attorney fee uh, scenario. And, Bill, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, uh, how would they do that?
2: Well, I mean, I have an office number, 516-599-6000.
3: And I'd be happy to uh, talk to anybody.
1: That would be great. And Kevin, how about you? you have an email or a phone?
3: Sure. Phone number is uh, 860-843-7768. And the email address is philo at hartfordlife.com.
1: Well, I'm Larry Cohen, and my phone is 978-974-9922. Of course, you can reach me at ringlerassociates.com. And uh, you can reach all the Ringler Associates around the country at that website. And also there's information there about structuring attorney fees as well. So, again, thank you, uh, Bill and Kevin. And uh, I know it's a great day out there, so let's go out and enjoy it. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Thanks. Take care, Larry. So long, Kevin. Thank you. Take care, Bill. Thank you
0: very much. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, MassMutual, MetLife, and Pacific Life & Annuities.